are you? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. It has been a while. Merry Christmas, even though it's over. It's okay. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Chanukkah. Christmas Chris Hanukkah. Chahunukkah. Yes. Uh, how, were, how were your holidays? They were holidays, and yeah. they happened, mm-hmm. and now they are mostly over. Yeah, well, we have one more left tomorrow, I think. Not that I don't want to sound like a, a Grinch or anything. It's just uh, I give credit to where credit is definitely due for the parents out there who deal with this on a no, I shouldn't say deal with it they're just crazy holidays when you travel back and forth with kids yes. I'm sure uh-huh. and I don't remember it being this crazy when I was a child um because I thought it was a lot of fun but um yeah it's definitely uh it's a lot and it's a we ton. have a almost three month old who is nowhere near as a, as energetic as the rest of the kids in the crew so um I'm sure it'll only get more exhausting <laughs> but we're you know it's a double-edged sword It'll be, one, super exhausting, but two, I think that's a bad analogy. It goes both ways. Let's just say it's, they'll be super exhausting one way, but then super rewarding the other to see them open presents, so. No, it's a ton. It's, I mean, it's fun to have kids during the holidays, but Mm -hmm. when you're carting them between many, many Christmases, it becomes a lot. And so this year we ended up skipping out on one of the many Christmases and it Ooh. was the best Christmas ever. <laughs> nice. Well, good, I guess. Good for you. Yeah. It's, uh, it was good. Really good. So, yeah. We, uh, today was our first day, not in, not at somebody's house for holiday. Um, Monday last or the Monday before Christmas Eve, the day before Christmas Eve, we were pretty much just getting ourselves and lives together for everything. And then, it was one after another Christmas Eve, Christmas, then the day after Christmas, and then today, which was our break, which really was just us catching up and figuring out, oh, we have all this other stuff we have to do because we haven't been able to because um, the holidays, like, you know, stuff around the house. <laughs> and then tomorrow we have our last one. So, um, but I guess, and did you get anything good from uh, your family for Christmas? Yeah, you were happy yeah, I mean, I uh, uh, we just talked about it that uh, Christmas is not really about the grown-ups, you know, when you're grown-up. <sighs> yes, this is true. Receiving um, however, things is not the focus because it's about giving to the giving. children. Yes, 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 yes. But you, there's always people who give too. But I did receive one thing that has been amazing, and that is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and it is. Awesome. Yes, I am jealous. After we saw um, the rise of Skywalker, uh, I I needed something to fill the void of Star Wars. I mean, just that field, you know, that that galaxy that you want to play in that uh, genre or not genre, but that just that you know environment. I definitely wanted to jump right in. So I'm super jealous. <laughs> I I'm glad to hear too that you're really enjoying it. Um. Are you going to tell me a little bit about it? Yeah, I want to point out, um, I think that we should do a section, a spoiler section, where we talk about the movie maybe on the podcast. That'd be fun. Ooh. I don't know if people because... would be happy to hear about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Because my parents just saw it with my sisters, and they're like, oh, it's so good. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, it was a Star Wars. Yeah, I think the normals are okay with it. In the way yeah. that the normals were really okay with... um. What was the last Batman movie 
uh, Rise of the Dark Knight. Uh, yes. Rise? Rise of the Dark Knight? Rise Dark of Knight the Rises. Night. Dark Knight Rises. Oh my goodness. You'd think I'd know being a Batman fan. But yeah. I did not really enjoy that movie. Not because it was a bad movie. It was a very good movie. However, it was a garbage Batman movie. <laughs> it should not have been a Batman movie. It should have been a different movie with a different, so I don't Michael know, Bay. either hero or, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it. Bane was pretty done well done pretty well but it, it just as a batman movie it was not great and so i i was mediocre on the whole thing and i feel similarly about this movie and so i left the theater and um i think i gave rick the impression that i really loved it or something because he seems to think that i'm going back on my opinion when i think i was trying to be optimistic and hopeful and not show my disappointment i was pretty disappointed with a lot of it and yeah, so I, I even it was even to the point where I started feeling like, you know, it's just movies, you know, what's so special. It's just, about it's this? just a fake make, made up. Right. Made it's make believe. It doesn't matter. It's really not a big deal, which it's true. It's just movies. And it's just it's like just, games. They're just right. make believe. Yeah, exactly. And yet I play this game, Jedi fallen order, and it recaptures everything that I love about Star Wars and reminds yeah. me that it is so special. Star Wars is so important to me, so special. And this game, it took this game to really remember and see that and say, oh my goodness gracious, there's so many good things that come out that can come out of Star Wars. So Like real so, good lightsaber yeah. battles. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's one big part of it. So it's it's amazing. And yes, I would like to talk a little bit about it if we have a chance or the time. Mm-hmm. And then we can uh, move on to bigger and better things. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, I mean, we could, I guess, talk about the movie. And right now, if we wanted to, we can make a little, we'll call it a, uh, I don't know, like a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I feel about... like if we uh, do that, we should probably put it at the end since it'll yeah. be spoilerific. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, Star Wars Fallen Order, or sorry, Jedi Fallen Order. God, that's yeah. a that's just gonna roll off the tongue. Um, definitely a game, a game of the year contender for a lot of people. Uh, didn't hit that mark, unfortunately, for most award giving uh, magazines slash you know uh, groups. I don't. I guess it didn't win as many awards as I thought it would, just because I, I think it was also the late introduction. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of the year, but um, a lot of similarity to slim similarities to huge games that have won awards or have been game of the year. So you said uh, in the notes you show you point out the similarities to Dark Souls. So we talk about and we've talked about Dark Souls what two episodes already in a row. <laughs> I've been playing the crud out of it. <laughs> so my I guess my real question is, did you stop playing Dark Souls because of this? I absolutely did. Yeah. Oh I, yeah, for I sure. I have to put that on pause because this is very similar. It gets it gives you that feel. I do want to point out that everybody has already knows, but it, it is made by EA, which is incredible because you would never think that a game like this would be made by EA. Or not made by, published by, since it was made by Respawn, because they make great games. Yeah. But yeah, it's very similar to Dark Souls in structure insofar as you have these meditation points, kind of like the bonfires in Dark Souls where you, those are like your check checkpoints to save and level up. And in this case, you're spending skill points, whereas in Dark Souls, you're actually leveling up with the souls that you collect. Yeah. 
in in this game, you are collecting XP and you are using that to add skill points to different, like a giant tree of abilities, which is really cool. It's very uh, Final Fantasy X esque, which is really nice because I always liked that leveling system. And in between, when you do meditate, so if you get to a meditation point and you meditate, all of the enemies respawn to where they originally were. So hmm. you have to fight your way through different aspects or different spots of the game to find the meditation points to get to the next spot. And then from there, you can unlock shortcuts between different branches of where you're trying to explore. So it has a very, I, I wouldn't say open world, which maybe we should talk about the definition of open world at some point, but I wouldn't say it's strictly open world. It's, it's definitely not linear 100%, but there yeah. are pathways, you know? And so you explore a bunch, and then you find meditation points, and then you explore some more. And so it's it's just this great adventure game where you're fighting enemies, and combat is a, is a focus, and story is a focus, and exploration is a focus. It's, it's just, it has everything, and that's why it's awesome. It's, it's I would say it's omnidirectional. Would that make sense? Because you can go. Yeah, it's I, omnifocus, maybe. Omnifocus. Yeah. Kind of like the product, omnifocus. <laughs> yeah. Makes uh, it, sense. It's, it's, it's takes a lot of inspiration from a lot of different games. Obviously, Dark Souls is a, a big portion of it, but it's not exactly like Dark Souls, where Dark Souls, you die and then you have to get back to that spot and and retrieve your it's called your blood stain because that's where it puts a big stain of blood on the ground and you have to hit x right above that to retrieve all the souls you had and your humanities that you had dropped yeah this, if you can make it that far right yeah if you can make it back without dying again if you die again you lose it all but in this game you the last enemy that killed you or the closest to last enemy that killed you I guess holds your XP as a way to put it. They're they're like highlighted in yellow. And if you hit them one time, you get your XP back and you get back your life and force. So hmm. you and if you die before getting that back, you you don't lose it all. You just have to get back to them and try again. So it's it's a little less brutal, less punishing. Um but again, it's it's a different focus. The focus is meant to be exploration and combat. And so Dark Souls is meant to be a very fair yet punishing game. <laughs> yeah. So. But then you throw Star Wars in the the, uh, the mix, and then you have a game with both Uncharted feel with Star Wars and Dark Soulsian, uh, you know, uh, dynamics and mechanics. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um, that adds a really big change to the typical Star Wars. Uh, platform because I don't think I've ever seen a game like this in the Star Wars realm. The closest thing, and I'm saying very loosely, uh, yeah. is the Star Wars Force Unleashed. But that yeah, was still Unleashed. really just hack and slash. You were not really scaling um, terrain or uh, you know meditating, uh, finding med or you know checkpoints, and then finding your way back yep. to where you died. Like there's nothing like this. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I love respawn. So I'm glad to see that they, in my opinion, with out even playing the game have already broken the star Wars court, star Wars curse of like, uh, you know, we haven't had a good game, at least in our eyes. Yep. I know you and I have talked about this since KOTOR. So yeah, um, it's a hundred percent broken. 
Yeah, and I would say even as far as back as as, as far back as Jedi Academy. Oh yeah, and that's Jedi right. You're telling me that. Yeah, Outcast. Like they're similar. But again, it's very hack and slashy, and it's a continuous level, and you're running nice. through and just killing things. This this is not that way. This is you need to be meticulous. You need to take your time. And that, that brings up another piece to it, which I want to mention a third thing after this. But the mm. middle piece is that their ability to—so Dark Souls, again, just to— I don't want to compare too much, but Dark Souls is about the game is the story. There is no story, really. I mean, there is one, but it's not the focus. It's so in the background. You really have to look for it to find it where the combat in that game and the challenge in that game is the focus of it. That's not the case here. This is like Dark Souls with the layering of Star Wars with a a strong story layer on top of it. And... Part of that for this game is you have the ability to change the difficulty of the game to your liking, which is great. And they really lay it out really nicely because what they do is they have, and of course I didn't write it down, but the the different difficulty levels show you a, uh, like a meter of how much damage you'll take, a meter of like how much you have to time parrying because parrying is very important in this game. And then a meter of, I can't remember what the last meter is, that I'm, I'm terrible about it. But there's three meters, and as you move the difficulty up and down, you can see them change. And so if you go down to the quote-quote normal difficulty, which is Jedi Knight, mm. it's, it's, you have a wide, a pretty wide window for parrying. You have, minim, not minimal, but like middle to minimum damage. And then the third one, I can't remember. If you go up a level, which is the one I'm playing on, which is Jedi Master, that one, everything is even and it's all in the middle. And so you take a lot more damage and you have a smaller window to parry. Um, and then but you the, give damage. Yeah. And you and give more damage because of you that. You get a lot more damage. Yeah. Yeah. You take a lot more damage. And then the lowest level, it's called Story Mode, and you have a giant window to parry, minimal damage. And so if you want to play it that way, you're just going through these story beats and just fighting everything on the screen and having a good time. If you want to play it Jedi Knight and have a, a little bit of a challenge, you know, you'll still have to be mindful of how you play the game. It will still be challenging, especially with like boss enemies. And then if you go up a level where I'm playing, it's it's more Dark Soulsy, where like it can be frustrating at times because you die three times at the walker that you're trying to beat. <laughs> And then finally do it, but then it explodes and kills you anyway. Like, yeah. And you're like, oh man. Um, and then the the super difficult one, which I forget the name of, is like impossible. It looks like because the parry window is so tiny. You have to be masterful, and the damage you take is incredible. So it's neat that you can kind of adjust the game to your liking. And if you find it's uh, it's variable, like as you play. If you're finding that you're having too hard of a time, or that this one boss is. is is really giving you a hard time. Yeah, you dial it back, and then hmm. you can dial it back up at any time. So it's nice. That is nice. But my real question is, what color is your lightsaber right now? <laughs> I kept the standard blue. I really like blue. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty solid. So the two that I have are blue and green, and I've kept it blue. Nice. I'm not. I'm actually, my least favorite color is the green one, um, because it just reminds me of angsty Luke. <laughs> So I, I can't, I can't pick green. Um, but I mean, if you get what I'm saying, like it's basically a new hope is just all angsty Luke in the beginning. 
Oh, he's like, I want to go play with my friends. I want to go ride my speeder. Yeah, but Angsty uh, Luke has got nothing on Angsty Anakin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> um, but uh, I, that's what I look forward to is that while you have, uh, you have a very polished game so far, judging i mean i think it had a technical issue had a lot of technical issues uh to start like every game uh mainly because it wasn't optimized i think on the pc side there were a lot of um issues with uh some of the frame rates like there'd be a lot of freezing or uh juddering uh if that's even a word uh and and certain aspects of the levels that you would be or the worlds that you're at um but apart from that what i really really appreciate it about it is it has the uh, the little little what do you want to call it nuggets like you can f- find these different pieces for your lightsaber you earn them or get them however they're doing it i still haven't played it yet so um what about that have you explored because you haven't gotten anything or you're not changing anything from the color you're sticking with blue have you explored any of the other customizations that you can get oh yeah so like um, this is this to me is the weakest part of the game, and that is that really? you explore a that ton, sucks. which is a blast. But the thing you get for exploring more is more lightsaber uh, customizations or okay. customizations to color of uh, BD1, which is your droid that's with you, or customizations to the poncho you can wear or the clothes you wear, or customizations to the ship that you fly with. Like it's not okay. anything useful. Like upgrades yeah, it's or just anything cosmetic, that you find. Yeah, yeah, and I take that back. You do find stims, which are like the dark Dark Souls Estus flasks, where like those are in between meditations. You have these things that can regenerate your your life, but oh. they're limited. If you find special special secrets, you get more of those. But that's the only upgrade that you can get so far that I found yeah. from ex- exploration. Exploration is a hundred percent for cosmetics, and I, I mean. I say that's the weakest part, but that's still kind of fun. You're finding things all the time, and it's great. Yeah. Um, I would love for them to be more upgrades, which would be great. But yeah. And then again, if you have more upgrades, then you're changing the difficulty of the game or how it plays a little bit. And I do like the Souls aspect of this game. With that said, you mentioned the polish. Um, that, to me, is the thing that kind of nails this game as like one of my favorites. And that is that... I think it's a great game in general. It really is a a great game. But then for a Star Wars fan, it is incredible. Like the amount of care and time they put into this game to make it feel like a Star Wars game. It's it, 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 it like it's right at home in between the original trilogy and the prequel trilogies. And it has in I can't even be, begin to describe everything that I was missing from the new movie, which there were still some good parts, but I was still missing these things. It, it just in terms of feel, this game has like the Empire is menacing. the The story of being a Jedi on the run is incredible. Having to move between different duels with different types of stormtroopers and yeah. fighting stormtroopers and having these cool moves that you're doing with them, even though they're difficult to beat, like it's. There's a certain feel and all the sounds are there as you're on the ship and the the way the ramp sounds or the door sounds are it's all there. It's all there and it it makes this game feel like Star Wars in a way that I haven't felt in a long time. It's it's really incredible. I mean to me it sounds like the same feeling that I got or that I have when I read and read the Star Wars books 
pre-Disney, uh, so you know, no longer canon, was that there was all this this care into these random and totally off, uh, off the ch- off the chain, um, you know, the beaten path or off into the beaten path stories about these people that were just kind of like mentioned in some of the dialogue in some of the movies. And I really enjoyed that. And I think that sort of, and this is my opinion with reading the new books that has been lacking for a while. And I'm glad to see that that sort of care and desire to, I'm hoping this is what it was, the desire to make a good star Wars game to sort of just play to both sides of the story um, obviously not being, you can't go uh, to the dark side on this one. That's another thing too. You're more linear, but the fact that they put all this care and it's, it seems like there's so many people who are really enjoying it from all walks of, uh, life. So it's not just people who really like star Wars. It's, I feel like this game appeals to more than just one, one group of people. So that's really good. And especially coming from respawn and basically able, they're able to do this without, People people can at least push aside that they're related to EA and just say, wow, look how good this is. I mean, that's one, two, three, four games in a row, Josh. Yeah. That they've pumped out. I think it's a it Star is. Wars game. I think it is four, yeah. That's amazing. I cannot wait to pick this thing up. I'm, I'm okay with the fact that <laughs> it's uh, only light side. I wonder what the... DLC if they provide any like I don't even know if they would yeah do that. I, I don't know what they would do or if it'd just be more levels I don't know but That's... there's so much dark side here though as well and, and you don't play it but yeah the second sister and the ninth sister are the two that I've run into and I was very skeptical about you know okay well where were these people when a new hope started you know yeah. like what what how how, how did they darth in? vader have apprentices you know and and they're yeah. not really and i haven't found out exactly what they are but they are force sensitive and force users that aren't necessarily jedi or it, it's very obscure and it seems like they're tying them into the the witches from dathomir which is um i forget what the witches were called like the dark order oh God. Witches or something yeah which were the ones from clone wars yes which, those are is really cool because I'm I'm now landed on Dathomir and I ran into some of them and it's it's awesome. It, God, that's I totally the, forgot about that. That's the level of care that's in this game. Like they tie it into everything, and you know I I nearly wept when he picked up the hollow cube in the middle and like it played Obi Wan's original message for Order sixty six and like don't come back to Coruscant. And it was like oh my gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> it was incredible. I got the chills. Um, and the way that the main character, your character, talks about the Force and the things that he's been through and how his tie to the Force is damaged by the things that he's been through and the people he runs into who also had issues because of the Purge and now have blocked themselves off from the Force. It's just, yeah. it, it's everything this new movie wasn't. And I hate to keep saying that, but I... I, there's no Jedi anywhere, really, in the new movie except for Rey, and it's not that kind of conversation. It's yeah. It's more. This is more about this character's tie so, to the Force, how he yeah. manages that, who yeah. he's going up against, and how he survives. And right. from the first moments, you're thrown into it against the Empire, and it is so glorious. And you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> that's awesome it's all there and if you even care a little bit about star wars and maybe like melee combat (laughs) 
this game is for you. It's so polished and just well put together. Well, that's good. I look forward to I know my hope is to uh, pick this up in the coming months um, and play this <laughs> and basically all the way through. I'm going to try my best to uh, explore as much as I can because I, I do want to customize the saber to yeah. a certain degree. But uh, I think for me, it's just really focusing on the story because it's a new story. It's a new tie-in, as you've said. So uh, we'll see what comes of that. I'm looking forward to having that conversation after I play it, of course. I don't want to yeah, not necessarily ruin it, but I hope uh, that it adds, the ending adds to the uh, dialogue or at least the narrative um, throughout the rest of this, the movies or the tie into Star Wars. So yes. I hope, hopefully there's something good, even if it's small, it's okay. Uh, I do want to add, you mentioned um, exploration and stuff and, and mm-hmm. uh, finding those upgrades. It, it doesn't really take that much extra time, and it's it's pretty straightforward. If you if you're looking at all for extra mm-hmm. paths or ways to go, it doesn't take that extra that much extra time to just go off the path and find extra things. And gotcha. and it's it's very Metroid esque. I know a lot of people have said that, but Metroid Prime is probably the closest where you can see the doors and places that you can go through on the map and you can see the ones that you can't because you don't have the right abilities or whatever. So it's really straightforward to really dive into everything that you can on a planet and then move off. It's And the planets are not open world in the truest sense of the world word. So there are just paths. You're just going through different paths and then you know when you're done and you can get back on the ship and go somewhere else. Um, I I do want to add that what did i want to add you were just talking about exploration exploration and what was the thing you said after that um, uh exploration. I, th- I wasn't going to focus too much on it that i wanted to focus on the story tie-ins yeah to the, oh man it slipped my mind slipped my it'll mind it'll come back to you i'm sure it'll but, come back um, to me yeah and and i think you touched on one other thing and that is that we haven't had a lot of great star wars games the no. last <laughs> nope <laughs> x Absolutely number of not. years tens of years lots um, of time I, I wrote it in the notes as like a new hope. This really gives me hope that people will care about it in the future yeah. and make games to this caliber because this is really the new standard and just proves that people will buy hmm. cool stuff if you make cool stuff. <laughs> I thought so. I thought Battlefront, the new Battlefronts were, they were trying to, or at least EA was like, okay, we have updated graphics engine and physics engine. We have this, this, and this. We we should put it all together, and it it has to do well. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, in Battlefront Two, I guess is is actually pretty decent. Battlefront One wasn't great. I played that one. Yeah, Battlefront Two. Battlefront Two is, I would say, from the reviews and everything, it's better. Yeah, but the and they add the campaign. Lot, like said. Yeah, they yeah. added the campaign to it, and the campaign was, uh, subpar. Yeah, uh, and had some really weird tie-ins, but then again, it's it's hard to say because Rise of Skywalker was the same way. So yeah, yeah, uh, there's not much going for it there. But yeah, I did remember the other thing I mentioned yes. Metroid in a sense, and and you know I don't want to make it sound like it's Metroid. It's not. But when you get to the next part and you find kind of like Metroid or Zelda, where you find that next part, like a new Force power, it's incredible. Like the other night. Or last night, I should say, I got uh, Force Push, 
and it's oh, like yes sweet. so good Push you're like out of the way. pushing you're pushing metal and you're like pushing um walls down and you're pushing dudes off cliffs and oh it's so good and then you find things like the double lightsaber and it's like yes it's a whole different way of playing it's so good so i can't stop talking about it so just shut me up and we'll talk about other things <laughs> so you so the other day you i don't know if you tweeted towards me something or tweeted in general something about roguelikes or rogue ask games uh and yes. how you're you're really not a big fan of it and then you had you basically challenged our relationship as friends um saying that you really don't like dead cells which <laughs> clearly is an incorrect some or incorrect uh thought or uh, belief in um feeling to have towards that game because it is fantastic but i get it i i totally get it because it is totally overplayed uh, there are so many games now yes that it, that uh really fl- um, you know mur- muddy the waters uh which is unfortunate because there are good rogue like game or rogue like games out there um yes, there and, are and i've been playing children of morta uh and i i i think this is better than dead cells which is nice because while dead cells is a fun game the story is not it's it's lacking. I mean, there is a story, but it's uh, you really don't get to it until you play way too much time. I mean, you put hours in that game, then <clears throat> you will only get pieces of the story. But you play Children of Morta, and it's fantastic. Um, do you mind if I talk about it, or what was your idea of talking about this subject? I just wanted to qualify my statement, and then I would love to hear about Children of Morta because it looks awesome. Um, It's not that – I just don't like it in general because there's too many, and it's become like open world where it's now like a feature that you need to have to be an indie game, it feels like. And it's it's when it becomes – when it becomes a crutch and a grind, then I don't enjoy it. And it's not to say, like, for instance, Dead Cells is a bad game. It's a great game. It's really well made. Its polish is incredible. The graphics are awesome. I love even just looking at that game. But after a while, I get bored because it's like I'm just doing the same things and I'm just grinding towards new weapons and new items. And that can be fun in certain types of games, but it starts to wear on me where, like, there's no real progression because there's no real story happening and then there's no real character happening and then there's you're getting progression out of like new items and it's like okay I can only do that for so long and then it starts to feel like a waste of time and part of that is that we have limited time to play games as adults and with yeah, kids you know and and I don't want to waste my time on grinds that's why I don't play World of Warcraft and so yes. grinding games are no fun anymore <laughs> Yeah, and it's just not for me is really what it is. It's not that they're bad, it, and I think for some people, they can't get enough roguelikes, but they probably have more time than I do, and it just becomes, it, it needs to be more. And mm-hmm. I think a great example is FTL. I have played the ever-loving crap out of that game, and I love it to death. And somehow, because you're running into new things happening, and you're running into new story pieces all the time that are procedurally generated that's enough for me. Like I don't need it to be, it doesn't feel like a grind in the same way. So I don't know. It's, it's nuanced, but in general, putting roguelike kind of like open world, putting that in your game does not sell it for me. I will be like, okay, well prove to me that it's worth it. (laughs) Please. 
Yeah, so that's so I think Children of Morta actually has that because it looks amazing and it's really cool in terms of gameplay, it seems like. So tell us about it. Yeah, so first first of all, this is a game I think that snuck up on uh, snuck under everybody's radar. Um, Yeah, it it had been mentioned and uh, there's a trailer and some bit of press in the previous years and then just recently last year. Um, and then it came out this year in the in end of middle of fall. I I picked up the game because one, it looked amazing. Uh, just the art was, all, it's all hand-drawn, which I think is unbelievable. I, I am blown away the fact that the art, basically the backdrops and everything like that. I love even games game like is, that it, so much. It, it, it adds, I think, more character to it, for sure, because that's a lot of effort they have to go into it. Not discrediting other uh, methods, but um, what really caught my eye on this was that the story plays through, uh, plays throughout your quote grinding, and I and I don't call it grinding because if you're good or better than me, <laughs> you probably don't have this many deaths in this. Uh, but what happens is that you you start off with the story. Uh, I don't want to ruin it with, for people, but you start off with a story and you start off with one character who's basically your typical uh, guy with a sword and a shield. Uh, and you're fighting this infection or this uh, abomination that is uh, infecting uh, the their home, or at least their location that they're at, the forest and what have you. Um, and you go through these areas uh, that have levels. So there's like dungeons. So you go down three levels and then you face a boss. Okay. But throughout that, you will not make it your first try. You'll die. So, like, every time you die, another part of the story unfolds. And it's like a someone, someone's actually telling a story to you after you die. So after you die, or you don't, quote, die either. You, like, regenerate because the this family that you end up playing um, is very special. Is in tuned with the, with the uh, planet, I guess, is the best way to explain it, or the mountain of Morta. Um, and... It just tells this like amazing story about this family trying to protect this place, and each time you die, or at least you you fail your your quest, it it still adds to the to the story. Like in order for you to get the people, you have to die. Like at least that's what it feels like. You have to die in order to get more people into your uh, uh, who, who you can select. So as you go through this, you you get a uh, an archer. You get. I'm I'm not going to just explain the characters but you get the archer you'll get a a rogue you'll get uh somebody who's like a more hands-on martial arts kind of guy and that's how i mean i have four people now and i think there's six maybe if i'm not mistaken but anyways i've never played a game like this and i remember sitting down playing it for the first time and going holy cow like like first of all uh this is super awesome uh, because the music is just really cool, and the characters that you're attacking, like these enemies, are you know, like weird goblins and like abomination things, and they're just—it's just really interesting. And then the fact that after you've failed, essentially, you respond back, and then the story unfolds as you're going throughout it, and it's really cool. I think this is a game that you should definitely have pick up eventually or at least try or maybe see me play or see somebody play or just watch it on youtube because 
it, no, it I'm sounds not, awesome. Yeah, I, I'm not a person who likes to grind as much, and I think that sells us great. But like I said, it's it's hard, and I don't want to sit there and keep playing it. If I have a, I have something else to do, I'd rather do something that's going to give me instant gratification, and I'll run two, two, three tries at beating this this level of this game, and I'll be satisfied. So it's it's super good. I I really, really, really like this game. Yeah, no, I that think sounds amazing. It. So, yeah, we'll have to talk about it once eventually if you get it. Uh, it it's the best $15 I spent because I got it on the sea, uh, 16 Sorry that I got it on the Steam sale. But even at that, it's on all all uh, platforms now. So it's on console and on PC and Mac. So you can play it pretty much everywhere. Um, I hear good things on the console which is expected, uh, and better on the PC, but there are issues if you play it uh, on the Mac. Um, I have experienced it just because a lot of the commands are uh, PC-centric, or they're at least a window, Windows keyboard layout, so they're not a Mac keyboard layout. And uh, I even tried doing the Steam Link, or a remote play. Okay. And even with the controller or... Um, using an external keyboard bluetooth keyboard and mouse it it doesn't have really great key binding to the point where i couldn't even map use my skill tree because the button that was mapped on my controller um was the steam menu and the menu button could not be remapped to anything else and it was su- <laughs> super annoying so i eventually just uh fired up my mac book pro and let the aircraft carrier take off and play it because <laughs> i just couldn't take it anymore yeah. um, but it's it's really good it sounds awesome and those story beats are exactly what i'm looking yeah, for so totally it sounds right up my alley and i think right now it's on sale for yep still on sale because it is a winter sale um for steam i think it ends at the end of the year yeah it's 16.49 right now yeah, that's not bad. I bought it for the same price on the fall nice. sale, so I I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, and I look forward to other people playing it because uh, it's good. I look forward to hearing more about the story and uh, you know unlocking everything too. So yeah, it's definitely on my wish list. So it's not easy, by the way. <laughs> it's it's awesome. definitely not easy. So that's good too. Good. Oh man. So last week we had talked about the decade of gaming and it was yes. what made our decade in terms of games. Mm-hmm. True. And I think we got through three each. <laughs> yes. In a decade of gaming, we managed to talk about our top three in terms of things that made our decade. Yeah. On an average of like 50 plus games that get released on all major pl- platforms each year. So only three. Yeah. So I think maybe we could rattle off some honorable mentions yes for this decade of gaming there's so many games that are amazing in this 10-year span and so much has changed in this 10-year span we mentioned that last time but yeah to think about what types of games and who is making them and what studios have opened and closed and which games are now the focus Yeah, yeah and how those games have changed because of oh. x games and y games and um, oh I God. think we started mentioning some of that last time, but yes. I, I think that there's a lot of games that we could be mentioning. So um, I don't know how you want to do this. Maybe we should have come up with a plan beforehand. However, um, 
maybe just rattle off a couple sentences about a game that yeah you can I, think of and i have a whole list if we need to go through the whole list so yeah well i just had a monologue so why don't you go first a monologue oh my <laughs> yeah i felt like i felt like i was talking i could oh have, yes uh, no, it really day. wasn't. It was good because I think that game, like you mentioned, it kind of flew underneath the radar for a lot of people, including myself, until I think you had mentioned it to me first. Yeah. And that's when I immediately put it on my wish list. That was before you had even bought it, though. I mean, it just yeah. looks so good. Yeah, it was like um, a, so it was a commercial in in uh, some ad. Like I, I saw it on TV, I think, or or maybe it was YouTube uh, ad that popped up. And I was like, what the heck is this? children of morta with it yeah. and then that's where it all fell apart so I, it just looks good i just love the way it looks and it's to hear that there's background. a cool story that <laughs> unfolds behind it just yeah. i mean that's a killer for me for sure so it sounds awesome I mean, so i i'll that was a, one of my game game of the decade even though the decade ends in a few days so uh but that's a definitely i haven't had enough time to really consider it a big changer but um, definitely one of those, but give me, why don't you do like two in a row? Um, okay. So if, if you're comfortable with that, I, yeah, for sure. So the thing I want to kind of mention here, and I feel like we've been talking a lot about it because I've been playing the crud out of it, um, which now has stopped. But one of the things that happened during this decade was dark souls and which is the, crazy. Yeah. And I, I, I mentioned it for one reason, and that is I feel as though the action RPG genre has kind of split this decade uh, because of Dark Souls and then because of games like um, Skyrim, you mentioned it last week, and The Witcher. And um, I think that those are two separate paths, but within the same genre that have kind of solidified within this 10-year span. Uh, the original Dark Souls was released sometime in 2011. I think it was September. And to think that that game, I, I don't know, it just becomes this paramount of that. It's like this specific type of game that now is describing new games as like Souls-like or, or Souls-born-like because then there was Bloodborne that came after Dark Souls. And it it now is a way of just kind of like metroidvania it's a way of describing a type of game mm-hmm. to people about other games and yeah. the fact that this has become a like subgenre of action rpg that you can d- use to describe i think really makes it stand out i mean we ha- now have three actual dark souls games that have been released within this mm-hmm. decade all of which has have been critically acclaimed some of which are must plays on Met, uh, Metacritic, and um, I, I'm not sure how many of them are, but I think at least three is. So you've got Dark Souls, Dark Souls Two, and Dark Souls Three, and the other incredible thing about the three of them is that they all had DLC, but it's not like DLC in the sense of like I don't know Resident Evil Two remake where all the DLC is a bunch of um, costumes and. Yeah a gun who no this is like brand new levels with new enemies and you download one of them for dark souls 2 and it reorders a whole bunch of things you've already played in dark souls 2 so if you download it in the middle of playing it's going to change things and it i mean just that speaks to the focus of this type of game and being a challenge and i think and maybe this is the last thing i'll say about it but before the, these games and Demon Souls, which is really what started all this, 
I feel as though a lot of games were starting to get into either being multiplayer 100% or single player and being very, uh, I don't want to say story focused. The story was really not great, but very like on the rails, very um, either open world 100% where it's all procedural or just you can go anywhere and do anything, but it wasn't story focused or being very like moment to moment action. And just, you kind of play through it and you're, you're just experiencing it all at once and not really playing a bunch of it and taking part in a massive way and, and very forgiving. This starts to get back on the path of something that we lost. I feel like in the retro times um, from the retro times, which was challenging games. And it's not to say that games aren't challenging and it's not to say that before this, and it's not to say that games before this didn't have the ability to be, you know, moved up on the difficulty range. You could change the difficulty higher if you needed to, but a lot of people didn't. And it just, you know, I was one of them and I felt like I was just kind of floating through a bunch of games. And now these games come along and they say, no, 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 you need to pay attention and you need to do your homework and you need to take your time and you need to figure out what you're going to do in your path. And that's the focus of the game. And it just changed the whole genre. And now again, we use this to describe a whole bunch of games and, and copycats and indie games that use this mechanic or style of mechanics. It's, I don't know, this is a paragon of this type of game and genre and nothing will be the same afterwards. I mean, we have a star Wars game that encompasses these mechanics as well. It's pretty incredible. That's pretty awesome. It's on my list of games to play eventually. Um, I know I will play it. Uh, just, I think after I play star Wars, I will get that feeling of need to go to where it all began, or at least where this genre, subgenre, whatever you want to call it, had begun. Yeah, for sure. So uh, it'll definitely be something I hit on the uh, next couple games. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is a great starting point for this type of game. And Perfect. you've probably already played this type of game and just maybe didn't even realize it in some indie games or, you know, I don't know because so many games encompass these mechanics, but Jedi Fallen Order really hammers it home and refines it to a more action RPG style with lots of story beats. And um, I think it will kind of get you into it like a gateway drug. <laughs> so oh no. I am addicted to them and I want to collect them and play them all. Like uh, we now have Sekiro and we have... Um, uh, Neo, I now have Neo to play that's similar, and I oh, want to God. get Dark Souls 3. I mean, it's just, there's so many great games to play through and just hammer your head against and, and try to beat. So that was one. Do you have another one? Um, We kind of mentioned it, but another giant one that everybody points to in the same genre, which is incredible, is The Witcher 3. Uh, we've had three Witcher games. I've never think. played any of them. <laughs> Even within this decade? I think all three of them? When Probably. was The Witcher 1 released? Let me see. Oh. I'm going to look it up while we... Live Witcher. research. That's the best research. Release. It's going to be like 2009 or 2007. Oh, okay. Yeah. So... At least right? two in a decade. 2008. 2008 in the US, I think. Anyway, it was not... Until then, that we first saw The Witcher on the scene. And it's based on a series of books that I would actually would like to read, um, especially now with the show out. But I played the first two and kind of bounced off of them a little bit. They felt very, 
what's the right word? Um, just standard, and they seemed like I'd played games like this many times yeah. before, and there was nothing new about them other than if you know the world and like the books, like, boom, you're playing the game. I don't, so I didn't care, and it was like, all right, I guess. I guess The Witcher 2 has an amazing story, which I didn't get to see much of because I, I just didn't play. It just didn't grab me the way that it's grabbed many people. But we did have The Witcher 3 in this long stretch of 10 years, and that game apparently is one of the best ever. And I have never played it, but... I mean, on Steam alone, it's got a 97% approval rating. Uh, I think on Metacritic, it was like a 96 or something or a 93, somewhere in there. It doesn't matter. But even IGN gave it a 9.3, which going above 9 is very difficult for them. So it's... It really took, it seems like, storytelling in an open world game to a newer level, where even the side quests and the people giving you those side quests really matter and actually have character and actually have good voice acting. (laughs) So to put that much effort and love into a game is, is awesome. And, um, I don't know, after I played the first two, I wasn't really looking to play the third one, but I've had enough friends tell me that the third one is something different and just awesome that now I feel like at some point I'm going to have to buy into it. I mean, right now we have the winter sale and it's $14.99 for the game of the year edition. And that includes everything they've ever made for it. So I, maybe that's the right time to jump in. I don't know, but this is another really big paragon for the action RPG genre. And I don't know. It's not dark souls for sure. It's less, brutal but it's still deep and enjoyable and really changed a lot i would say for open world games so yeah that's my second one i uh i haven't played any of them Uh, i have always seen and have been told man you need to play the witcher 3 it's the best of the series or uh you have to play the witcher because xyz or they made uh, because the books are good um i'm a huge fan of reading books first and then playing and watching the movies i've that's what i ended up doing with the expanse where i saw the first season didn't realize that there was a book found the books read the books stopped (laughs) i stopped watching the series until i was done um this is something that i feel like if the book is good enough or at least the first book in the series which is blood of elves um that it would be worth picking it up but the tv series looks pretty good so i might just take i've been the hearing easy amazing things about that tv series <laughs> so i might just go and say screw it i'm gonna watch it um i have it now um not the, the books? game the the tv series because of netflix um so I, I think i'm just going to go ahead and watch it if i like it enough i'll probably pick up at least the first book just to try it out go to the local library and uh snag it so yeah um yeah gotcha. i mean it, it, the premise has always been right up my alley it's fantasy it's yeah. got spell casting and alchemy and heck yes the main character is um kind of like a superhero in a lot of ways and it's just it ticks a lot of my boxes so it just it's, it's, was it's weird like a that superhero never... that nobody wants well yeah that too yeah. you know he's he's an angsty superhero yeah um, perfect yeah just what we need more angsty people but I like fantasy, and I like that they're making a show with fantasy in it, which is awesome. And it's, it's hard good. to do these days, other than 
Game of Thrones, which, you know, whatever. So, yeah, that's something we don't talk about, or at least you and I don't. Um, <laughs> so, so for me, uh, I surprisingly, you didn't pick any of the ones that I thought you were going to pick. Okay. Uh, so, the first one that I would say is honorable mention for me is, and you're going to laugh, um, Battlefield 3. And the reason why I what? say this, yeah, 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 hold on. Okay. The reason why on. I say that for me is because we, you and I had played quite a lot of Battlefield 2 in our days. I yes. loved that game. That game yes, was me too. amazing. Even all the mods and things that came out of that. Um, 2142 for me, uh, even though I love uh, space and, you know, Max. futuristic and mechs and things like that. It it didn't hit home like it did my other friends, and they loved that game because of the mechs and the titans and everything. It just didn't feel right, and I had been dying for another battlefield. And they had you know Bad Company came out, and th- those were really good, but it was it was never the same feeling as Battlefield Two. When Battlefield Three was announced, and I saw a, th- a preview or I, I joined the beta and saw the new physics engine and the gorgeous, you know, graphics and everything like that. I had to get it. And I think we I think I told the story here that I was like the one kid waiting in line on launch day for this game for PC in a, a small town <laughs> and everybody else was getting it for, you know, game consoles. <laughs> uh I remember playing it that day and it was so buggy. I mean, even the beta was terrible. It was like people falling through the map. Um and the reason why I picked it, though, is because it was a new era of Battlefield for me. Um, the It had new aspects of um, modern warfare. It had the all the cool guns. I say cool guns. The guns and all the uh, vehicles and different uh, style of play. Like Rush was awesome. Um, where you like so if you just i liked how they brought that from bad uh bad company and brought that into this game and it just was really cool and it's wasn't the best uh but it was a a new battlefield and then battlefield 4 came out and made it better i think they really optimized a lot of what the frostbite engine can handle as well as everything else but battlefield 3 is what started it and uh, unfortunately, Battlefield 4 is what stopped me playing because I'm not a huge fan of where they're going right now. Um, but like where it's basically gone to World War One and World War Two, which, for, to be honest, was super overplayed in the early 2000s or late yeah. 2000s. So I'm, I'm still it. done with it. <laughs> I don't want to play any games with that genre unless they add like, I don't know fantasy to it who knows like they and like uh, i think that's why wolfenstein is more up my alley yeah because yeah. it has different aspects to it um totally agree but that that was one of them uh i know you aren't a fan and you didn't like three is that am i correct it was okay three yeah. i played three um i had it for playstation three mm-hmm. and it was fine i mean the i played the single player and that was enjoyable in certain yeah. parts it it always seemed like three always seemed like a um like a lesser version of Call of Duty. Like they were trying to be yeah. something like Call of Duty. They but tried real hard. Yeah, I mean Call of Duty at the time was just I don't know, blowing Kick them and away butt. in that yeah, <laughs> in that way. So it was peak Call of Duty time. And 
it just felt like a lesser version of that, which I think that they've grown into, well, with four, I feel like four grew into it a little bit more, but then they moved away from it, like you said, with five and then Battlefield one and, um, yeah, all that. So anyway, um, yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Battlefield three. And then the other one, which is something that you played a lot and liked, uh, Limbo, um, I, this could have been a I played pirate. a little bit of the Limbo. Okay. I still haven't beaten it. Well, for me, it was a game that I... Limbo and even... Um, inside. Inside, yes. Uh, That's the better one for sure. I hated playing mobile games. Like, I didn't understand it. I, I still have this weird feeling like I, I, I'm missing something. Like, I'm missing this concept. Um, but what got me or at least really reeled me in was limbo and inside just this Mm. game that is i don't know how to explain it other than it's super dark and weird and catches you off guard but you get so (laughs) dang emotionally invested in the person or the story that's playing throughout this side scroller basically or it's like a dark and moody platformer yeah with puzzles with puzzles and it's just quirky and I don't know what it was, but it, it got me and I um I have it on my phone now and on Xbox and I think somewhere else. But uh, I've I've have I don't remember if I've beaten I've beaten limbo. I've not beaten it inside. But that oh, game Oh man, it's so I good. <laughs> don't kill me people. I know people are like flipping in their chair. No, um, you just gotta do it though. It's so good. So good. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, I'm a huge fan of this style of gameplay already. Um, or like that gameplay, sorry, this story, this weird, quirky darkness. Uh, yeah. and I've always been like that. And this is something that I should have taken an, an interest in earlier. Cause I think I would have appreciated it more, but I'd like to give this as an honorable mention because it really got me into, um, at least appreciating the fact of mobile gaming um, more than I was already. So I feel like limbo did a lot to bring people into indie games like that Uh, at the time, especially was such a paramount for indie games. And here's $60. No, 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 not No, we don't want $60. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was like a whole different way of thinking of gaming. And here's a nugget of game. That's really well tuned and really well put together, but it doesn't take you 40 hours. It's, it's a two, three hour game. Enjoy. And that was a newer thing. And I think that again, you, you're making a great point here. And that is that this 2010 to now 2020 spans is a very good time for indie games. And I, I really feel like, and I'm overstating maybe, but I really do feel like indie games have really saved this decade of gaming 100% because, I mean, if it wasn't for indie games, we'd be playing a lot of games that are 100% just... Where's my multiplayer? <laughs> yeah, well, they they would cost us nothing to buy, but we'd just be pumping money into them like slot machines because there's nothing but free-to-play garbage in there. <laughs> you know, just all kinds of paid-for coins and armor and weapons and it's just i don't know that's not a bad way to play but it looked like everything was going that way even the triple a single player games were going that way and it's 
that was a dark time. And I feel as though indie games are the reason that we're getting EA published Jedi Fallen Order games or um, Bethesda published single player games that are as strong as they are in in yeah. storytelling and just it's i really think that they have pushed the envelope and many of them have gone under the radar but some of them are just these amazing games that have become so popular limbo was one of them uh and then later inside i think inside is even better um but yeah no i it's a great great thing to point out because limbo i feel as though at the time was like the the poster child for indie yeah. gaming yeah well it was indie gaming i think really yeah, pretty much it, really, people refer to oh have you played that 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 new indie or that indie game or i guess that game that's indie i don't know how they explain it but yeah it really brought the light and shed light onto the the community that was already kind of already there and just yeah nobody they were was caring about it or at least right it was it, it like got taken seriously like you yeah. could have a serious good gaming experience yeah from it was awesome. independent game. I mean, it's just awesome. So, so many. Yeah. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, I actually um, wanted to mention two kind of giant swaths of games. So, mm. ten years is a long time. And one thing that I think that you and I constantly focus on because they're awesome are single player games and sometimes they're action games and sometimes they're first person shooters and sometimes they're action RPGs or RPGs and Mm -hmm. we play a lot of those. And I think that you and I get a lot of enjoyment out of them because they fit our lives. And yet they're giant piles of gamers that play all kinds of other games that we could never even mention here just Mm -hmm. because I can't think of them all. But one of them that happened this giant 10 year span that hadn't happened before were these battle royale games and these uh, MOBA games. And Mm. I'm kind of lumping them together, even though they're separate. But the idea is these massive multiplayer or large multiplayer games that are, um, how do you say, they take a lot of skill and effort and they're just the same thing over and over again. And I'm doing a terrible job because I'm making it sound like they're not good, but they are. They're well-polished. They're well-made. In the case of things like Fortnite or Dota or Dota 2 they're they're free and legends yeah yeah League of Legends is the larger of the MOBA games Mm -hmm. um and I I know I know I'm lumping two different types of games together but the reason I'm doing that is because there while we have these resurgent this resurgence of single player games happening and single player story games happening and single player action games happening Right alongside that, we have a resurgence of multiplayer gaming happening, and I think we're moving out of, or have been moving out of for some time, the massive multiplayer online games into more focused massive multiplayer games, or more focused experiences in Battle Royale games. And so I think, you know, the first that really solidified the Battle Royale style of game was PUBG, player yeah. unknown you yeah know, i would um, say even the daisy oh yeah the whatnot. daisy mod that started it all 
Yeah, <laughs> because like it's not to throw you clearly under the bus, but no, Daisy you're right. Really I forgot about it. it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it is a hundred percent. So, uh, but I mean, it, it moved us into things like Fortnite, and Fortnite yeah. is made by Epic Games, who makes amazing games and yeah. is well and gives free games. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's free and it's a huge, huge following, and people love it. And from all ages. Play- <laughs> hours yeah from all ages some of which probably should unfortunately be yes <laughs> yeah but still i mean it's colorful and it's fun and not super volatile all the time <laughs> mm, depends on the people like, we play counter strike <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes very much so so you know it's not a new concept per se but it's it's becoming larger and i think because of these two genres of games, we have a lot of play, people playing multiplayer games. So much so that Blizzard made their own MOBA slash shooter style game called Overwatch, which is yep. giant as well. I mean, it's yep. everybody's getting in on it, and it's like the flavor of the month. And it it really has been this last 10 years that we've seen this happen. And so yeah. that's the honorable mention is the, the genres, really, the MOBAs and the the battle royale games um and you you know we talked about a respawn game star wars jedi fallen order before that they made apex legends and that is an awesome game even though it's not for me because i'm not any good at it and yeah you got rolled to be to be completely fair josh and i both did play this game and for uh, sure i think i may have played a little bit more than him and just because i i I thought i could keep playing um but i we were rick rolled almost every single yes. time yeah and i realized yeah. that we were i we were past the threshold at least of playing this game uh it was very very good i enjoyed yes the uh visuals and the concept that they and the polish the yeah. polish of that game is incredible yeah good thanks you're right respond. i mean we're past probably being able to sync four hours a day into it or more oh god yeah i could, we could i bet you if we spent that much time that you and i would be fairly good at it it was just yeah i mean we don't be at have, least pretty okay at but least still like okay. yeah but like you know we don't have that time so it's not for us which makes me sad because that yeah. game is so good it's so yeah. amazing to play so i that's a giant group of gamers maybe even the biggest group of gamers yeah. potentially of people who are playing video games and all of the new people who are being born out of the Minecraft players seem to be jumping into things like Fortnite. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's got crafting in it. It's shooting. It's awesome. In a lot of ways, it's just not uh, for me. Going to Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Maybe. Yeah. I mean, depending, but still honorable mention, those are giant piles of gamers. Yeah, that play those a lot games, of people. So. Yeah. Even too, it brought uh, esports back into the picture, um, which I think yeah. is really cool for, especially for people growing up, like you said, through the Minecraft and into this this genre. Um, actually, getting scholarships to play some of these games in college, which is insane. Yeah, um, having teams, organized teams. Yes, I mean certainly, even when you and I played, there were professionals. Yes. Who played these games and got paid to do it in, yeah. in a fashion. Mm-hmm. But now there's high school teams and junior yeah. high school teams and college teams. Like it's like a basketball team, but just video games. It's uh, pretty incredible. Exactly. Um, my last one would 
it has to be the game that got me back into a very near and dear series to you. Um, but Breath of the Wild um, was huge oh, yes. for me. Because, we uh, cannot talk about this 10 years in gaming and not mention Breath of the Wild. Yes. It was a sin last time. Yes, but the reason why I didn't add it to my top 10, or at least the top three list or whatever, uh, was because this game, while amazing and should have been on the list, uh, just didn't make the cut because I think, I don't know how to really explain it, Um, it was another open world game, so to me it just didn't... It, it, I couldn't put another open world game on the list. It had been too much. But the game itself is more than just that. Um, it, I think it, re, it, you know, it really brought Zelda back into uh, to light again because of how freaking good this game was, how gorgeous, how I could just, the thought, and just, I don't know how to explain it, but this game, it, it, didn't, it brought in the same, your typical Zelda uh, Link coming, uh, Link awakening from a slumber to save Hyrule once more. But it was a different way of where you're awakening these guardians and you have these puzzles. It wasn't, there weren't dungeons. There are these, um, what's it, relics? Not relics. Um, the, uh, the shrines. Shrines, thank you. Yeah. Um, it had all these new characters and old characters tied into each other and then you got to carry on stories i mean it was a lot of fun and it has there's countless hours the dlc is really good um and the best thing is that you can play it on a switch and take it places like it's mobile like i think this is where the switch made elevated this game even further is that you can take this thing and go play a super yeah. huge open world game Zelda anywhere you want and it was like you could just do it anywhere and I think that's why I pick it as my honorable mention I would say it is fourth place so it didn't make the top three but it's right there and um I look forward to playing the new one when it comes out and I will definitely buy it uh because I I can't I can't not I cannot just pass on this and two it sparked me to play more Zelda games that I, and actually want me it makes me want to go back and play all the Zelda games I started and never finished um I was lucky enough to you know go and play Link to the Past which was an amazing game um and the only way I would have even considered playing that game would have been because of playing Breath of the Wild so that's why I give it a lot of credit um, where it's due. Uh, it's definitely one of Nintendo's top 10 games right now on the Switch. I'd say it's like the, the must-buy when you get a Switch. Is you yeah, have it's, to it's get their this killer thing. app for sure. Yeah, you have to. You can't just pass out. Don't get Mario Kart. Don't get Smash Brothers as much as you <laughs> want to. Get Breath of yeah. the Wild and play this. Yes. Yeah, it's... it's <sighs> the Switch is to... Breath of the Wild is Breath of the Wild is to the Switch to me. Yeah. And uh, it's it's both the reason to buy a Switch and the reason a Switch to- would be a good idea is that, yeah. you know, this is, this is the first time we saw it and now we've seen it a bunch afterwards, but a console level game in your hands and being able to like yeah. walk away with yeah. this massive world and just this incredible game and the beautiful graphics in it. I just, yeah. it's the first time we saw it on the switch 
I would say, and really is the compelling reason to go, look, look, this is awesome. This is doable. The Switch is this awesome. Is possible. And Breath of the Wild is awesome. And they're, they're like mutually exclusive. I don't know. It's, it's not true, of course. Now we have things like The Witcher 3, and now we have things like Doom. And, you know, yeah, but they're ported the over because people realize, holy cow, you can look what you can do on the Switch. Sure, it's not yeah, going it's to a, be. It's a console in your hands, yeah. which it's not like that's not happened before, and yet it hasn't happened before. Like before, yeah. we had handheld consoles, but this is a console that's in your hand. I don't know. It's, it's strange in semantics, but what I'm trying to say is yeah. this thing, these con- this console can drive, you know, large, sprawling, first-party games that are incredible. And yeah. so to actually talk about the game, holy cow, like this game, it's... I had a difficult time because I put Horizon Zero Dawn, I think, when we talked about it as mm-hmm. one of my favorites. And I was playing that alongside this game. And um, it's difficult because in a lot of ways, Breath of the Wild is the better game. Yeah. And yet in a lot of ways for me, it just, uh, I don't know, Horizon Zero Dawn really spoke to me because of the really strong characters and the the it had more story. and the combat was a lot more focused yeah. on combat being awesome mm-hmm. where breath of the wild, the, the actual world around you is the story. The world yeah. around you is the game. And it's I more for exploring for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like you mentioned not having dungeons, which I really hope that the next game, not the next game after breath of the wild two will have Breath of the Wild, but with dungeons, you know? Like, can you imagine a world this big and then also having the ability to delve into or go into, like, castles and delve into dungeons? Like, that would be incredible. Yeah. But that aside, that's not what we have. We have Breath of the Wild, and Breath of the Wild, the world is the dungeon. The world is the puzzle. And that is such a breath of fresh fresh air for open-world gaming. Like, I feel like... Even before it should have for me, open world gaming became really stale. But then yeah. even the most diehards started to feel it. It was getting stale. And then comes along Nintendo late to the game and just revitalizes it yeah. 100%. Like you can climb anything in this game and go anywhere. No yeah. place is off limits to you. With and an asterisk, yes, you can climb everything. Yeah. I mean, you have to find a way to do it if you want to. But yeah. like you can go anywhere. You can do anything. And that is something that is not in most open world games, if any. And the world becomes your puzzle. And it's it's something else. It's something that's not been done before. It's it's incredible. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely a a buy. Um I would for sure strongly suggest all the games that we talked about. Uh but Breath of the Wild for sure, if you're getting a Switch, that's something that you definitely need to pick up. Um and it is a shame because it's uh it's I wouldn't call it little brother, maybe half brother or step brother. No, twin brother, who was released also on Wii U. Um, doesn't get as much love. I mean, you own it on your Wii U, correct? You don't actually it, own it for a Switch. Are you talking right? about Breath of the Wild? Yeah, it's not a little brother. It's the same game. 100%. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. the twin brother, identical brother. Um, it, it's, it's the same game, literally the same game, because it was developed for the Wii U. Yeah, but then it took too long, and then they're like, you know what? We'll put it on the Switch too, and then it became the focus of the Switch. So yeah, so it's weird platform uh, comp- competition, internal competition, but 
um, still same game. So I think uh, that's an interesting aspect of the game that I think people don't look at or fail to remember is that this actually was like you just said was meant for the Wii U and just got ported over to the Switch. Yeah. So um, that's kind of funny and to think about it, but I, we had some really good honorable mentions. I think they argue argue oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Any of them could have been uh, on the top three for sure, or at least number one. Yeah. Um, but there's, there's always so like many good caveats. games of this ten years. So I guess here is to uh, hopefully another good ten years coming. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing the change in how we play console gaming. I think that's one thing to look forward to, and how maybe some of our choices will vary in the next ten years. Um, whether it's we're streaming or if we're um, still even playing on consoles uh, that have their own internal hardware where we're playing from that console itself. But we'll really see uh, with, I think I, I'm estimating like within the next five years, we have to have a, a shift on how we are playing these things. So uh, maybe that'll uh, influence some new genres popping up a uh, new uh, studios. You know, it'll be yeah. interesting for sure. I agree. And uh, the convergence of console and PC has never been both closer and also farther. It's such a weird and exciting time. And the new consoles already, what little we know about the PlayStation 5 and what little to a lot we know about (laughs) uh, the Xbox Series X X model within the Xbox, which is weird because they can't figure out how to PR you know, announce it. Um, yeah. Whatever it is, it's uh, going to be interesting and it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, buckle up because this next 10 years is going to be a blast. And to all you indie developers, thank you. For goodness sake, thank you. You saved gaming. Please do it over and over and over again. And please keep making games because I think you will keep all of the AAA game houses honest and you will yep. keep them looking for money in the right ways rather than putting garbage into games about stupid things. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very Again. much. And, and, and I think Josh, uh, if you don't mind, I, I think I am actually done talking to you for the rest of the year. Well, fine. I'm done talking to you for the rest of the year. Just for this podcast though, to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's it. I think we can't text. You can't call me. I won't see you. You know, it's just until January 1st forever uh and thanks listeners we'll see you next year yeah thanks for listening tell people about us uh tell your grandma feel like we're idiots or you like us whatever you want to call us just uh you know send us feedback say say your piece tweet Tweet. at us send us email follow us whatever you want to do us yeah i don't really care yeah at this point we'd love to hear from you regardless so all right Cool. Yeah, done talking to you. Bye. See ya. Done talking to you.